I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thanks for joining me as always. Please do continue to share the podcast with friends, with colleagues, with people in your family. Remember, this is a child-focused, child-centered idea of what education should be. And hopefully the conversations that we're having here can be really impactful and supportive for everybody. So yeah, please do share the word with, with everybody that you know. Now, today we're going to be talking about Ideal School. And so I'm chatting to co-founder Eric Franson. Now, Ideal School are an internationally accredited dual language online school. They serve students and families from North America to South America and the Caribbean. They're connecting students in real time with real, experienced, caring and bilingual teachers from around the globe. They're revolutionising education one family at a time. And they provide interactive, engaging and rigorous educational experience at an affordable price. Now, they're in the process of their enrolment period for the upcoming school year 2023-24, and they really hope that interested families who are looking for an alternative to the traditional education or video-based online schools will contact them. But we also did a live video podcast, which was with Eric, but also with three other of his teachers and people involved in the school. So if you'd like to watch that and find a sort of a bit more of a breadth and a behind-the-scenes from people who are actually working within the school, which was a fascinating conversation, um, you can do that on the Education on Fire YouTube channel and I'll leave a link of that in the description. So I really hope you enjoy this mind conversation with Eric Franson talking about Ideal School. Hi Eric, thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. It's always great to share education from around the world but it's even greater when I get to speak to someone from across the pond as they say but you have this kind of affinity for, for those of us here in the UK. So yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for the invite. So let's start. Ideal School, what is it in a nutshell, first of all? Well, we are a Seattle-based, and now we actually have an office in Florida, um, but we're an American-based international dual-language online school, and we're the only ones that we've ever come across where we're connecting students from North America, South America, the Caribbean. We've had some students in Europe and Canada and we have real teachers in real time that are bilingual. We're using best teaching practices. And, uh, and we're a K this coming September, we're starting ninth grade. But uh, this year, we're a, a kinder to eighth grade school. And again, it's really revolutionary and uh, just giving families an opportunity to have an alternative to traditional education. And um, yeah, we're really proud of it. And we have a great team. And why the sort of bilingual be, being an integral part of, of what you're doing? Well, we were a couple of things. And as you know, uh, in the United States, at least, uh, Spanish is a very important language in every industry. And we really think it's important that students are bilingual. But on the other, on the other for another reason, um, learning a second language is, uh, is 
really the, the, the research shows that if students are in a bilingual program over time, they are better prepared for college. Uh, uh, rather, I mean, uh, compared to their monolingual uh, counterparts, and it and it helps brain um, uh, the development of the brain when you're learning a second language. And for those of us that um, maybe aren't completely understanding of, of what a proper sort of um, bilingual school is how does that work in a, in i suppose differently from just it's a normal school but you're going to study french or spanish at this particular time on this particular day well yeah we use a, uh, a methodology under the umbrella of bilingual education which is called dual language it's actually two-way immersion dual language and we have a 50 50 model and so let me just kind of give a real breakdown what that is it means that we have a mix of native spanish speakers and a mix of uh, native english speakers and more or less 50 percent english 50 percent spanish and we don't teach spanish like you would in a traditional school like you would in america where you would use english to teach the grammar and the vocabulary uh, the idea behind dual language is that you're learning um the language through the context of a subject. So, for example, as you're learning math, you're learning it in English for, you know, for a native Spanish speaker, that's your second language. And so you're learning the academic language at the same time that you're uh, learning the language, if that makes sense. So it's much more effective than simply teaching, you know, pulling apart, you know, the context of a subject and just teaching vocabulary and grammar, if that makes sense. Yeah, and um, and in terms of like I said, sort of the the real timeliness of it. How does that? Um, what 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 was that an important factor in how you did it as opposed to just um, recorded lessons or that ability to sort of sort of go well, backwards and forwards in that sort of yeah. sort of non time related? Way? That's such a good question because you know I was uh, a teacher. I started as a para educator and then a teacher and then an assistant principal and the principal. And what I came through my career of almost 20 years to realize that how important it is that there's interaction. And I'm aware of other online schools that are video based, you know, and um, it's not as effective because you need to have real classmates. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be in the physical space of, you know, with other students, but you do need to have other students to interact with. And that makes it much more effective and with a real teacher. And what does that look like in terms of, of your platform or the way that you sort of in, interact with people? Well, it's like you and I, we're interacting right now, right? And we can use applications for you and I to practice the language. You know, maybe I'm a native Spanish speaker and, uh, and you're a native English speaker and we can work together and we can help one another. And uh, it's just like you and I having this conversation. It's the same way. And we get to learn about each other's cultures, and that's even more powerful, you know, than you would in a traditional school. I mean, I, I get to learn about England, you get to learn about Washington State, and and uh, we get to learn from one another, right? Yeah, and and is it on Zoom? Do you sort of have your your own we, platform? We have a no, you know, that's pretty expensive. We're not at the point that we could create our own, but we do have a student dashboard, which is really really neat, uh, easy for users to enter and and do homework and get assignments. Uh, I then go into classes and um, uh, do uh, do testing. So yeah, we do use Zoom. It seems to be the best one for us for now. But yeah, eventually we'll branch out and do something. You know, always opportunities. But it works for us. And yeah. um, and in terms of sort of class sizes and how that sort of in interaction works, is it mm -hmm. as you would 
let's say a traditional but non-traditional kind of setup that mm. you have a group of people that are working and interacting together and mm. um, mm. do you have the flexibility because of it being an online school where you can kind of mix and match that a little bit more yeah exactly you can be more flexible but we we try to keep the numbers to 16 uh, so therefore you have easy even numbers that you can break out and we have a group of four working together um, and uh, yeah you have flexibility we have students who because you don't have the uh, normal uh, distractions you would in a traditional school. We have students that excel and they grow quickly. And so some students maybe during the year are passed through a certain grade and go on to the next. And we have that flexibility and can move you around. Yeah, so and that, that's that's a, a great point. You know, how does that sort of the, the grading system and, and that mm -hmm. sort of, um, let's say, academic year or, or, mm -hmm. or academic achievement work for you? Well, the year starts where a year-round school. Uh, I'm a big believer that we don't need to. And I don't know in England if you have two and three months of summer vacation, but you do here. And that we call it here, uh, when you come back to school in September, call it the, the summer slide because you've had two and three months of going to the pool or playing on your bike or whatever, but not practicing math and reading and writing. So you always fall backwards in September. So we're year-round. Uh, we start in the end of September. Um, right around my birthday, it happens to be usually, and the kids go have a, a daily schedule of live classes Monday through Thursday. Fridays are extracurricular activities. We have social group. We have art taught by professional artists. We're putting together a really cool music program for next year. And so Monday through Thursday, live classes. Friday is extracurricular and testing, time to do homework. And that goes on for five weeks. Then we have one week off and five weeks of classes and extracurricular for five weeks, another week off. A couple of weeks for Christmas, American holidays, and then we end in the middle of August. And this year we're gonna have a language camp, which will be kind of fun. It'll be like, get to use the language you're learning to do some fun cooking and activities and things like that. Um, Great, and just yeah. just take me into the, because um, as a musician myself, I'm really sort of interested in, in sort of like mm -hmm. say your Friday, you kind of, how does mm -hmm. that sort of, art curriculum work and, and, and what's your thoughts around the music idea? Well, yeah, we have, uh, I'll talk about music real fast. We have a, a parent who is a Peruvian, but they live in New York. He's actually a director of a music um, department of a university in New York. And uh, so he's put together a program um, using software where kids from around the world can put their parts to, to a, a, a song our project and they can put it together and that's what we're working on next year is like a co-curricular like all the kids will be involved it's not like an optional thing so on fridays you need to dedicate time to do your part uh we have a coordinator that we're going to be hiring for this and then we have instructors so they have some practice time outside of any other practice time they have and then on fridays they spend time composing and then putting them together that have responsibility and and we're hoping in the following uh, summer that we get together, have a little music festival for families that can get together and uh, actually put music live together. Yeah, and I, I really like that. I've heard it a couple of times. It's the, you know, the flexibility and the ability to learn online. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the coming together is a super mm -hmm. special thing to be able mm -hmm. to do when you can sort of make yeah. that as, as, as an, a real event, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then we... Um, 
you know, because of COVID, you know, we people weren't able to meet each other. And that's we would like to do that, like annually have annual gatherings with families that just to get to know each other. And, and you know, uh, we're thinking this year going to Florida in September, but maybe next year go to Panama and next year go to South America and get to know different places and have an annual gathering with families. And take me into the the types of pupils that you have. Is there a particular background, a particular lifestyle? What was sort of ideal school, the thing that kind of really, really supports? Yeah, them? there's a wide range, you know, the really, really wide range. Um, I think a lot of families originally this uh, in August will be our fifth year of being incorporated. And, uh, you know, we we did this before COVID. Uh, I, I just had this inspiration to, to use the experiences I had. And, and so originally it was people... Um, uh, having fears of COVID and looking for options. But we now have families will be going into four years with us. And those families are the ones who didn't have good experiences in traditional schools. Um, they, some of them are business owners and then they travel some, uh, we have some sports people who are big into golf and they do tournaments and so, um, or they have gymnastics and they just need the flexibility. Um, and so we have a wide range. We, we have families who are in business, obviously medicine. Um, uh, in Latin America, you know, we have um, those kind of categories, uh, architects. In the U.S., we've even had um, uh, truck drivers. We had a, a kindergarten family last year that actually traveled around. They had a big, I guess, a whole situation. The little kindergartner traveled with them around the country and did online um, while their family traveled. Um, and I, I think that families like in the United States, they see the troubles with traditional schools and the, the dangers of it, and they're looking for something different. And so they come to us or homeschool families looking for help. So, yeah. And, and, and that's a, it's an important point is that you, you know, you, you talk about real time lessons mm -hmm. and, and, and having that flexibility, is it mm -hmm. kind of you're, you're buying into the whole thing and you're there as a, a pupil for this year attending everything? Or can you sort of opt into certain things? What, what does that sort of look like for you? Well, yeah, so we have um, options. So like if you have um, a homeschooler, say that you're doing a program in your house and you just want your child to learn Spanish. So you want to be in our Spanish language arts part. You can just be part of that class if you want. Or if you want some help with math as a homeschool family, you can be part of our math class. And again, we have like a schedule, like a normal school. So you'd have math at a certain time every day. So if you want to be part of that at that time, you can do that. Or you're going to be part of a full day schedule. We also, I, I do want to say this, I'm proud of the fact we have another program, which is asynchronous, meaning there isn't a set time. We are supporting this uh, a school in Aruba that um, educates um, refugees, uh, primarily from Venezuela. We're really proud of that because we set up a system in which they have support over there, but we can give them the American curriculum uh, and the platform to do it. And, um, and then we're accredited. I didn't say that, but we're accredited through Cognia, uh, which is the largest accrediting firm in the world. And I know that they have an agreement in England. So in 86 or 87 countries, we're recognized. And uh, yeah, we're really, 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 I know I'm going off the topic a little bit, but really uh, kind of proud of where uh, we're trying to broaden our reach of how we support. Actually, we're supporting a public school, believe it or not, in Illinois. They reached out to us and needed support for uh, a student. And so we're, we're trying to reach out and be available to support in any way we can. And I think it's interesting because... 
I think it's an important point that you made in terms of people not wanting to be part of traditional school. And it could be for many reasons, but I think that sense of just taking control of how you want your life to look, like say, it might be that it's enforced because of travel, or it might be because mm. there's a certain sort of family situation. But I think more and more now, because of the accreditation, because people are thinking there are options out here. If I can actually find the right place and the right fit mm. and the right mixture of types of lessons that I want to have, then mm. then actually your whole learning experience is is really sort of um, individualized. And, and I think that's really exciting for people if you're prepared to sort of take that leap and actually say it's okay, my child's not just going to the school down the road because that happens to be where we live. Yeah, well, one of the things I love is the freedom that Ideal provides. And I'm a parent, and I think that parents really need to take responsibility for the education of their children and not give it up to somebody else. And so this way, you know, we're transparent. One of the benefits of us is that we're transparent. You get to see us in your home. Or if you're a business owner, like we have families who their, their children have an office space in their business. and But we're transparent. You can see exactly what we're teaching, exactly what we're doing and we're part of your family and therefore it makes us be better because we are you can obviously see in a traditional school you really don't know what's going on day to day but it, it makes us better all the time improving yeah. and it's definitely something i've noticed because during the pandemic you know i was performing you know our music lessons online all the time um and that had benefits and it had disadvantages and and i think you know, I'm a better teacher for it in, in terms of learning how to interact and how to engage with people. But mm -hmm. the interestingly, what you said there about sort of being visible, that's the one thing that's disappeared in many ways since then is because having been able to just say hello to a parent, um, this is what we're doing, this is how it's going on, could only just be a very short sort of few comments. But now it's waiting for the report to be written or, you know, parents evening and you've got a little slot to do whatever. And and it's it's a real shame because there's definitely a barrier that's gone up. And I think, like you say, that the community and the inclusivity of everyone supporting a child is really important. And and it's it's interesting from my point of view of of definitely a sense of loss since that that kind of sort of online situation changed for me. Yeah, yeah, and and with us, after every five weeks, we call them instructional blocks. At five weeks of instruction, we have a conference with the parents. And so every five weeks, you get a report, you get to meet the teacher, and you get to talk about concerns, and the teacher gets to share the, the success of the student. So I think, you know, and during the course of a full year, that's seven times you get to, seven or eight times you get to meet with the teacher, and you, you know exactly what's going on. And in terms of going forward, you sort of mentioned sort of K to, to eight at the moment. Mm -hmm. you, you, you'll expand yeah. that, I'm assuming, as, are, as yeah. it grows. Yeah. Um, tell me about that plan. Is that just an organic growth? Is, is it just a question of numbers yeah. of people? How does that work? Well, you know, what we uh, it's funny because one of our first families found us early on and they said, listen, you got to make me a promise. If we enroll our child, it was, we were at K6 at that point. And if you if we enroll at K six, you have to you have to promise us that you will continue to grow up, and and we just had this um, a belief that we needed to grow with the students because it takes time to develop programs and to develop a school, and so we didn't want to like 
just open it up to K-12 and not be prepared for it. So we've been growing every year. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, we have opportunity with a, a school in South America and a school in the Caribbean that we might next year open it up to K-12 because it looks like there's numbers that are interested. And so we might, but um, it might just be K-9. It could be K-12 for September as well. But I'm working on two projects that hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll start in September. Yeah, yeah, really, really fascinating. And in terms of the staff that you have, mm -hmm. are they um, are they teachers that are looking for a different lifestyle, a different way of interacting? Um, like, say, being in an environment which is a different type of education, which, like I said, is the reason you know you set this up because you wanted it to be sort of a different world than the one yeah. you were experiencing before. Yeah, yeah, they're. Um, it, I, I, I would get teary eyed talking about them because with many of them have been with us for four years now are close to it. And I think they all have different stories, but we never, ever, ever hire a teacher without a minimum of five years. But usually they don't have less than 10 years of traditional teaching experience, highly bilingual. Uh, very, I think very important to us is that they're green and growing, meaning that they are always looking to improve and that they love students. And they have to have uh, the knowledge, obviously, of best teaching practices and and they have to do a mock lesson before during the interview. And so we're pretty rigorous at who we've who we look for. But I think overall, uh, all of them are looking for a place that they're uh, respected and supported. I think they all have the experience of traditional schools of not feeling respected and supported. And they love being part of this virtual team. And we look forward to getting together. We're hoping in September that we get together and um, have a physical you know, gathering with families and, and staff, which we haven't been able to because of COVID. But yeah, we our teachers are from, we have them from the US all the way down to Argentina. And we don't discriminate. I don't care where they're from. It's doesn't matter at all. We're, we we look for people with talent. Yeah. And, and, and in terms of the team, I'm just I'm just fascinated in terms of what a virtual school team looks like, you know, mm -hmm. um, first of all, in terms of the number of teachers you got, I know that's going to depend mm -hmm. on your pupils, but just mm -hmm. in terms of the mm -hmm. size. But then also, what does it take in terms of running a school like um, like an online school, which is, you know, I'm assuming different from the sorts of jobs you have to have in a, in a physical school. Yeah. Well, yeah, two questions there. Well, so our team, like I said, we have Americans all the way to Argentinians. Uh, so we have them from uh, Colombians, Mexicans, uh, Peruvians. Um, I can't even on the top of, top of my tongue. But we have grown slowly, and I think we have 12 teachers now, and we have a coordinator who's basically our right-hand person who is our quality control, basically support, making sure that everything's going smoothly, mentoring new teachers, training new teachers. We don't just throw people into a new classroom. They get weeks of training, and if they can't cut it, then the training process cuts them out. But we're very, very rigorous about what we who we hire and we want a certain kind of person that's humble, a leader, a creative problem solver. We have a big long list on our website. So if you want to be a teacher, there's a big list of things that we're looking for. But as far as running it, you know, if I hadn't had the administrative and then a teaching experience, there's no way that I could have done this. And if I hadn't had um, just the experiences that come with traditional school, but it's, it's everything, you know, you have a, a regular HR department, a payroll department, uh, you know, vendor support curriculum, day-to-day, um, -day, you know, operations, working with, uh, you know, marketing. You don't have that in traditional schools. You have digital marketing and social media. So I play, I have many, many hats. L little by little, other people help me with those hats. I want to get to the point that I have less hats and, 
and we're hoping that September we have some nice projects that uh, that maybe some of those hats will be lifted off, and I can I can have a little bit less stress because it is it's a hard it's a hard job, but um, I have I have a little bit of Glaswegian in me and a little Scottish grit in me that I just keep going. Yeah, absolutely, and then hence my reference at the beginning of the show about yeah, the, yeah. the the, the UK yeah. sort of familiarity. Yeah. My, my grandmother came from on the on the Saint Mary in the nineteen twenties from Glasgow, you know, from Glasgow. Yeah, and I I still have that. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and in terms of of where you'd like to see the school go, I mean, like I said, you've got North America, South America, the Caribbean. Yeah. Is there an idea and a plan to sort of make that more international? And 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 how does that? How do you go about even thinking about that? Yeah, I just think, uh, honestly, my, my whole approach in life has been open up windows of opportunity. And no matter how crazy those, uh, those, those, those ideas are, it can, it can, I'm going to just pause. I want to, I want to share, uh, uh, um, I think it's a Japanese proverb. I've tried to live by that answers that question a little bit, but it goes like this. Vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. And I think that's one of the things that prohibits traditional or especially public schools in America to be successful. They don't have both vision and action. They only have one or the other. And for me, I just open up windows and I'm like, you know, wherever we're supposed to go, whatever we're supposed to do, if I open up those opportunities and not be afraid, then we'll go there. Uh, recently, we were contacted by some people in Europe, actually in Poland, that were asking us, hey, can you establish yourselves physically here in Europe? Because there's an opportunity, there's a large group of people in Europe that would love to have something like this. And so that's our next step of incorporating somewhere in Europe and opening an office and hopefully opening up uh, opportunity. We actually have a staff, a couple staff members that would like to move to, one would like to move to, to um, Spain and the other one would like to move to Portugal. So they could be our, our first physical representatives and we'd love to open up to Europe. Our vision is however big we're supposed to be. Uh, and it's not to be, I just want to be honest, it's not to, It's not for personal gain. Everyone that knows me knows that I have a big heart for people. Um, I am always looking for the little underdog and the, the little one in the classroom that's kind of in the corner and doesn't seem to have a lot of friends. And I find ideal to be that, that we're an option for families who don't, you know, that are looking for help. And so we want to be a support to as many families as possible. So as far as we're supposed to go is, is where we're going to go. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, and and Spanish is obviously key um, currently. But I, I guess you can, like mm -hmm. I say, depending on where the opportunity comes, it, it, it could Good. be any any language Good. is your bilingual language. We have we have staff members that are uh, that are, that are uh, native in French, you know, and so that could be something down the road to do French. Uh, of course, there's the thing is is once you know the recipe to finding good teachers and what that looks like and what good education teaching looks like, then you can replicate it in any language. There's no limit. Yeah, that's really, 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 really good. And what, apart from sort of the language side of these things, what is it that you think Ideal School brings to the table that maybe some of the other online schools that are starting to appear don't really sort of fulfill? Um, I think the name says it all. Uh, it, it seems like a simple name, Ideal, but it took us a long time to come up with that. But it really is Ideal in a sense that we deliver with heart. We have three core principles. It's consistency, clarity, and compassion. 
So um, we, we try really, really hard to treat all of our families as the stakeholders. We do not receive government funding. We are 100% based on families being satisfied. And so they're the stakeholders. We have monthly meetings. Maybe this is a big difference. We have a, what we call a community advisory committee, which is like in uh, public schools, they call them uh, school board meetings. But the parents actually have a voice in moving the direction of the school, talking about we're talking about the vision and the mission and, and kind of reframing that and uh, working on, you know, uh, different issues. So we really want this to be ideal for everybody, families, students, and the people that work at Ideal. And uh, so we're, we're trying to change what I've been used to in my career and others have been used to of how employees don't feel like they're respected and listened to and parents aren't listened to and kids aren't important. And we're trying to, to be different. So I think we're ideal and, uh, you know, other people do what they got to do, but I'm focused on trying to be ideal. I love that. And I think also what I like a lot is is that idea like I said about the opening the windows that the what will be will be in the most mm -hmm. positive way just setting out on a course which mm -hmm. is um inclusive open and and really can take you anywhere and i think there's there's a really important sort of message there but i think there's a real sort of heart there like you're saying people it's the, it's the reason i love the podcast because it's the it's the hearing the conversations but it's hearing the personalities of people it's actually understanding what an organization is or a teacher or, who, or whoever i'm chatting to is very different than a website it's very different than the book cover it's very different from this is what i do it's it gets to sort of the nitty-gritty of who the people are and i think that's what people relate to and that just that's what people want to be part of we're, we're, we're sort of we're humans and we're, we want to be connected by nature and 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 like i say when you can do join all those dots as you've just described in terms of all those stakeholders and wanting to be part of it then it's definitely going to be a winning solution yeah, I, uh, well, the, the evidence is we've been in existence now. August is five years, so it's not easy to take something from just a vision and then actually make it. You know, I really feel like the the Wright brothers from, you know, the the, the inventor, the the those that created an airplane that could actually fly. You know, I feel the same way. It's uh, was not easy to get that airplane off the ground, but uh, it's well worth it because we see the fruits of it. We've served hundreds of students at this point, and we are looking to explode. We have a great social media group. We have a great team and Google, and everyone on the team now is really good. So we're really hoping to explode that a lot of people recognize us and that we've opened up windows that we could just explode and have a, a big impact and and uh, be there to be supportive of families. I think today, in our what's going on in the world, I think uh, Ideal is, is really needed. So I'm glad that we're here, still around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and tell us a little bit about your, sort of your own journey. You know, what was valuable about your school experience? Or was there a teacher you remember and why? And I know this isn't always necessarily replicating what was great. It can be sort of the, the, the opposite of that. Uh, you know, I've had, I had a few really nice teachers, but I think that, I think that um, unfortunately, I would say I had a lot of teachers that uh, negatively impacted and I think that kind of motivated me to want to, I wanted to reach the Eric, the little Eric, um, and to be the teacher that I didn't have. Um, but there were, there were a couple nice ones. Um, the, the, they're usually the ones that try to connect on a personal level and show that they really care about you. But I didn't have very many of those. 
Um, I think most of it was disappointing. I think for high school, I pretty much could have just not gone to it because it was back in the day, there was no accountability at all. It was pretty sad. And I grew up in a nice uh, suburb of Seattle. So so I can imagine those that grew up not in such a nice environment had to be even worse. But so I just kind of felt I, I, I you know, a little background, maybe uh, it goes into this. I um, I lived in uh, uh, Guatemala for a few years and I that's where I learned to love a different culture, different people, different language and food and and also to connect to want to help other people. And that's where my love uh, of teaching and learning a language and teaching that language to people. That's where it really came from. And I love the fact that some of these things happen, like say organically, because you happen to have like visited or whatever. And also mm -hmm. you really get the, the either sides of the coin, don't you? This is what I experienced and it really wasn't what I knew wanted or needed or expected and i've really felt something different here and therefore i, I want to step into that whichever version of that it, it takes in and and that story you said is the one i hear over and over and over and i don't know in terms of teacher training you know how that kind of personal empathy connection is part of what you learn but it's the integral part of everything that i hear it's the you know the teacher that made the big difference or the experience that made the big difference is when i was seen it was when i was heard it's when i felt important enough and I just think that has to be the starting point, doesn't it, for everyone to thrive? It does. You know, I um, one of my teaching as a teacher, one of my I taught in an alternative high school. I don't like the term alternative, but it's kind of there's a stigma to it here in the U.S. I don't know about in England, but where students don't fit into the traditional system. It was my favorite teaching. But a lot of these students, if you looked on the exterior, they kind of looked a little frightening. Um, many of them lived in the streets. Many of them had, had gone to jail. They had made choices, but they were like little marshmallows inside. And they had like this onion exterior, but they were little marshmallows. And I connected with them because they were very bright. I was bright as a youth. I didn't know it, but I was bright. The system didn't ever tell me that. And I never, they never encouraged me, but I connected with them. It was so tragic when they would tell me, oh my gosh, hey, Mr. Franz, and I can do it. They, they, they earned a grade that they you know, were so proud of or that they learned something. I can do it. It's like, of course you can. And it's so sad to be 17, 16, 17, 18 for the first time, realize that you can do it. And that motivated me to um, just continue and to go into leadership and, and try to be a positive influence. So people do know, kids do know that they can do it. There's so much potential inside of you as a human. I think most of us don't realize it. Tons of potential. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Such, such yeah. great, such great insight there. Um, what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Or indeed, is there a piece of advice now you might give a, a younger Eric sort of looking back? Um, you know, I had a great mentor that taught me a lot of things when in leadership and education. I think one of them was um, if you're going to go into education, especially like leadership, then you have to become, if you're working with people who are not what you need, then you have to become that. So if you're working with someone that's not the communicator, then you have to be the communicator. I think, I think just in general, what I would give to any advice to anybody is just to have grit, have that. Maybe you're not from, from, from my, my family's background in Scotland, but, but you got to, you, you, you have to persevere. You can't let the, the tidal waves of life, like, destroy you and cover you you have to ride them like i i look at like a metaphor of like surfing 
you got to ride the waves. Don't be like destroyed by the waves. You got to ride those waves and you're going to be sent to amazing places in your life. If you just ride them and ride them with dignity, ride them the best that you can, ride them with humor and just be honest, the best person you can be. And it'll be amazing. The, the windows that will open up to you because I would never have imagined a few years ago talking to you over, you know, the pond and, and talking to a, a nice person in England about my passion. Uh, so I wouldn't, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened if I would have let those, those tidal waves, like just ruin me because that, that's the two options, either ride those waves or be ruined by them. Yeah. Don't let absolutely. people tell you you can't do things by the way either. And, and have a good, I would just say as far as a business goes, if someone wants to do a business, don't be, be around people that are positive and supportive and don't even talk about your dreams and aspirations with those that are negative because it'll, it'll make it difficult. So just be around positive people, be persistent, be humble and don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. Yeah, I love that. And I think it also fits in so brilliantly in terms of what you've explained in terms of your staff and the people you're looking mm -hmm. for and how you want mm -hmm. to do that. Because if you're able to start an organization from that point of view, then you're yeah. going to flourish much quicker, aren't you, than having to make those changes further down the line. Yeah, yeah. And and, and everything's possible. Remember that everything's possible. And it's never too dark. It's, there's always an opportunity. And I, I've been I've, I've seen that in my life. I'm an example of that. And is there a resource you'd like to share? And it can be anything from a podcast, a book, video, film, song. Um, so it's something that's either had an impact. And it can be either educational, professional, but also personal as well. Um, so something that, that's impacted me? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things. You know, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I love to play the piano. I like classical. I love to play classical. And I've just recently... Uh, uh, about a year, almost two years ago, started playing the accordion. I inherited my dad's accordion that he played as a youth. And, and now my son is playing the piano and uh, he likes the accordion. He's playing that too. My daughter, I can't get into the piano very much. So she went down the uh, guitar realm. Uh, that's what she's into is a guitar. But to me, like I, I, I like on a day to day thing, honestly, it's, it's, I found just kind of giving quiet meditation and letting those uh, inspirations come to me. And um, I look forward to playing the piano, honestly. It, there's something about, there's a power and inspiration that comes from playing those classical, Chopin, Tchaikovsky, you know, Mozart, Beethoven. Uh, there's something that, that comes to me that's calming and, and brings inspiration and positive energy. So that's something on a daily basis I love. And there's been lots of books that have influenced me in education, but more than anything, it's been the experience, the human interaction that's that's inspired me. And it keeps me going and didn't get me out of this career, which, you know, would have been easy to go into sell cars or something. But I, I, I love people. And I think education is the most important industry we can be in. So I've stayed in it and we're going to be in it. And hopefully Ideal just continues to flourish. Yeah, and I love that idea because you never know what the next conversation is going to have, isn't it? And like saying, if yeah. you're surrounding yourself with those positive people and you have that vision and you know what the, your next bit of action is, like you said, all those sort of things working together is going to make a, a really important difference, not only for you in your situation, but all those people that you're touching as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I think that if we can do this, we have such negativity around us in the world. If we can bring a little bit of light into what we're doing, you know, we're little by little making a difference and people's lives yeah. we're, we're giving freedom at ideal that's one of the things advantages you have freedom you have real classmates you know their names 
my little son has a friend named Matthew who's in El Salvador, Canadian family, immigrated to El Salvador. Get a little friend there. They play together. They talk together. I mean, one day maybe we get to meet one another. I mean, he has a friend in Dominican Republic that uh, we're maybe planning a trip to visit him. So, I mean, positive experiences, giving freedom to kids, giving real education. I don't know. It, it was monumentally difficult to, to get from ground up, but we're there and uh, it's just going to get better from here. It's not going to go backwards. And the acronym FIRE here is incredibly important, obviously, is Education on Fire. And by that, I mean um, feedback, inspiration, resilience, and empowerment. Mm -hmm. What is it that strikes you when you hear those words? Well, resilience, if, if you were to talk to people who know me, and this is not to puff my chest out, but people that know me in education, they would tell you I'm probably the most resilient person they've ever come across. And I think that is key. Resilience pops out to me because, like I said, life is going to throw all kinds of curveballs and you got to learn how to just ride those waves, be calm, be peaceful. And I, I really, at Ideal, one of our, one of I, one of the, my goals is that kids and the students and students primarily, yeah, but I want staff and families, but I want them to know how special they are and the potential that they have. And so that when they have those storms in life, that they're able to ride them out. So being resilient is super important to me. Yeah, what a great place to finish because it's uh, yeah. it is incredibly important, and I think people can understand and feel that even even through the conversation that we've had, which I think is amazing. So, well, thank you. Do tell people where, where where's the place to go to to find out more information and get involved. Well, um, idealschool.education and education is spelled out. That's our website. So, idealschool.education. Uh, we have, I think, a great Instagram page. Um, you can find us. Uh, we have a link to it on our on our website we have facebook also i think we're doing really well we're climbing up on followers and um coming from zero i i know we're we're going to continue to grow um so those are two primary facebook instagram we do have other platforms tiktok we just started a tiktok channel and um so ideal school that education uh, easy to chat with us um 24 7 we're open i'm open uh, 24 7 so you reach out yeah i'm gonna see that you reached out and our team's gonna catch you and uh we're here to answer any questions and we're here to support and i know some families don't have the financial ability but we're very very creative and we want to help so if you're interested in this kind of education uh, we will find a way and we're happy to support. We've had families in Europe. We'd like to grow and we want to have uh, European families uh, come and find it. And, and we would love to have an ideal school Europe branch. So just uh, a whole set of uh, students speaking uh, with uh, different accents. So we look forward to meeting everybody. hope that you come to us. We also have a free um, open houses. It's like a demo class. So if you want to uh, sign up on the homepage, uh, there's a, part at the top of the homepage, you can click and book an open house and we'd be happy to have you and, and, and you can meet parents or meet teachers and um, see a class and do a class with the teacher live. Fantastic. Well, Eric, thank you so much for sharing all those insights thank and thank you for being so honest and, and so upfront about everything that you're doing. And I think that sort of heartfelt understanding of, of where that passion is coming from really speaks volumes. So yeah, thank you so much indeed. Thank you. You have a great day. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. 
Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.